You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington, here with your break from all of the high resource five propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. This is our second week back, straight podcast, check us out, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play and Stitcher, you're probably listening to us on one of those avenues, but if you're listening to us on one, you know, if you're listening to us on SoundCloud on the computer, there's a podcast app on iTunes. There's a podcast app on Google Play. I think they have it in our music. Uh, Stitcher is an app in itself. So go check that out. Give us a rating and review, please. Let us know what you think. Tell your friends. Let's spread the word about the Golden Eagle Gospel. Sorry about the delay in the release of this week's episode. Uh, I wanted to get... I wanted to do the best I could with the signing day special, went out and got a really excellent guest, one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to football recruiting in Southern Miss in general. If you didn't check check out last week's episode, go back, listen to it. It's former wide receiver Corey Robertson. We talked about you know his journey through Southern Miss. We talked about how he's preparing for the NFL draft, and if you listened I didn't, I didn't straight up say it on the show last week, but you may have subtly heard that we hinted that he was going to the Combine. He got the word before we recorded that interview, but I didn't want to steal his thunder. Um, you know, So I'm really excited for Corey. The news came out this week. He will be at the NFL Combine. So excited for him, and I'm sure he's going to make some waves. I've been hearing good things about him through other sources and I really feel like he's going to, uh, his stock's going to go up after the combine. Now, that being said, next week's episode, we have one of the greatest football players in Southern Miss history. Just tapped, just capped off an excellent career. One of only 10 running backs in NCAA history with 4,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. Of course, I'm talking about. Edo Smith. Edo Smith is going to be on the show next week. So you guys make sure you subscribe to us. Come back next week and check out that episode. Now, before we get to the meat of the show, got something I want to plug. The residence in in Marriott, the residence in by Marriott in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They're having a re-grant opening on Thursday, February 22nd from 5.30 to 7 p.m. in conjunction with the ADP business after hours. They're going to have tours. They renovated all 84 rooms, live music, food provided by Glory Bound. So go by and check that out. Ran into uh, Chris Landry, my man setting it up at the residence in last night at the Pelicans game. I uh, It's the first time I've missed a signing day party in a while, but some of my good friends, Ken Oliver, Brady Reynas, uh invited me to the Pelicans game. And uh, if you follow my regular Twitter feed, you know I'm a big Pelicans fan. So I was like, well, you know, we're going to announce six guys at the signing day. I hated to miss it, but it was a great opportunity to go watch the Pels play, or so I thought. 
the game got rained out. It's the first time I've been to a basketball game and it's been rained out. But they had a leak in the roof of the Smoothie King Center. It got on the floor and they just could not get it properly cleaned up. I mean, they got it cleaned up, but they was just, bubbles were still coming out when they stepped on the court. It was just ridiculous. But uh, they canceled the game, unfortunately. But the Pels are still in eighth place in the West. <laughs> so I guess, I guess uh, yeah, I know, we'll take that. But I ran into uh, Chris Landry while I was out there. And I also ran into Jim Cole, um, Jerry DeFada, and one of my old college buddies, Brett Cassell. So it's good to see all of those guys. But um, hate I missed the signing day party. I always enjoy them. I always enjoy running into everybody. Um, and, and, man, what a job Coach Hobson and staff did on the class this year. So without any further ado, let's get to the interview with my guest today, you may know him from GoldenEaglePride.com. Please welcome Glenn Dyer. On the line now, writer and recruiting analyst for GoldenEaglePride.com on the 24-7 network, Glenn Dyer. What a day the Golden Eagles had this week with National Signing Day. Totally agree, Jamie. It was a strong class. They finished strong. Well, let's get let's just go through the player list first, and then maybe we can talk about how it all shapes up as a whole. So, Southern Miss announced six players, I believe, uh, this Wednesday for National Signing Day. Up first, let's talk about Shannon Carswell, a uh, defensive lineman out of Freeport, Florida. Yeah, Shannon's a big guy. Uh... 6'4", about 295, uh, played mostly defensive end in the, in the high school ranks, played a little inside. Uh, Southern got in on him early, uh, probably back in probably August, September. His uh, head coach is an old Southern Miss uh, football player. And uh, Shannon got a uh, offer from Florida out of the gate off of summer camp, so he got some early attention from that SEC school. But uh, we stayed on him hard. Uh, in the end, Florida came back in on him, and he stayed true to Southern Miss. And, uh, and just, you know, hats off to our coaches for closing that deal and establishing such a strong relationship with that kid. And he was a, he's a big get. Yeah, at 6'4", 295, uh, I was looking up some information on him. They had some films on, films on him and some weight room work and, uh, he's already bench pressing. He's 17 years old. He won't turn 18 till June. He's already benching, uh, 400 pounds and he was, uh, doing a, uh, some clean snatch at 400 pounds. He's a, he's a beast. He's going to grow into a probably a, 305, 310-pound three technique defensive tackle for Southern. That was a big get, and he's extremely athletic. Well, next up, we kind of had a surprise. I won't say a surprise. It's one that was kind of rumored was going to happen. But Nick Dawson out of North Oklahoma A&M, a big 6'4", 270-pound defensive end, had some had some offers along the way, but really a great get for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, Arizona offered him. Uh, Memphis was on him hard. He made a visit there uh, uh, in about December 15th. He's a kid uh northeast Oklahoma that, that Southern picked out, and uh, he's at the top of their board as far as a uh, JUCO defensive end. And they're bringing him in here to compete immediately to provide Southern, you know, a little more of a, an edge rush. Last season, we didn't get a whole lot of pressure on a quarterback from the edge. This guy at 6'4", 270 pounds, is athletic enough to hold the edge against the run. And he's plenty, uh, plenty athletic enough and quick enough to, you know, get into the backfield and, you know, get tackles for loss and affect the passer. 
Up next, we had uh, one of the best long snappers in the country, uh, T.J. Harvey out of Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, uh, T.J.'s a Rubio long uh, rated long snapper, and that's a that's a group that rates the uh, you know the best long snappers in the country. And uh, just from watching his film, he's got a chance to come in here and be a feature playing a four year starter for Southern. He's uh, he even made the comment that. Uh, he has the ability to, to do some of his snaps without even looking, so uh, I, I look forward to checking that out. But uh, he's definitely got a chance to come in here and you know help us out and be a four-year starter at Southern Miss. We'll see if he can do it from the upper deck into a trash can. Yeah, I want to see that. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> then we have uh, a safety that's. I think they expect him to come in right away and make an impact. Uh, Kyle Hemby out of Iowa Western Community College. Yeah, super excited about Kyle and the staff is too. Um, Kyle's a guy that uh, registered at Iowa Western his first year, so uh, that's a plus for us. We're going to get him for three years here, so he's going to be a sophomore. Like six one, two hundred seven, runs in the four fours. Just playing one year at Iowa Western, I think they were ranked third in the country, so they played top top competition. He uh, he was a JUCO All American just playing one year. And um, they expect him to come in and uh, immediately complete the key for that spot that was left over, open by Traverius Moore. And uh, the free safety spot just a, it's a key spot in our defense. And uh, Traverius last year was how oh, he was the MVP to me in our defense. That uh, free safety spot just sets the tone and uh, covers gaps and uh, pr- you know protects that defense and makes a lot of important plays. Then we had a guy that we flipped a few weeks ago from the University of Mississippi, a dandy dozen player out of Meridian, 6'4", 235 pounds, uh, Deontra Hyman. And he is just an absolute steal for Jay Hobson and this Golden Eagle coaching staff. Oh, no doubt. He's a, he's a kid that had offers to Florida State. Like you said, he was committed to Ole Miss. He had offers to Mississippi State. He had offers to Tennessee. Um, in the end, his family decided that, that uh, they felt really comfortable with him being here in Hattiesburg, just right down the road. He made his visit here and loved the staff and felt at home here. Um, he's a kid that's, you know, expect, he, he come, expects to come in and, you know, play immediately. He's not a guy that's going to come in in red shirt. Uh, he's 6'4", about 230 pounds. He'll probably come in and play that uh, defensive and outside linebacker slot and uh, also provide us with some serious passers off the edge. I look for him to go into about a 260-pound defensive end and slide him over back to the other side as he gets bigger. And he just he's going to be a guy that can dominate for this defense and set the tone for that defensive line. I think as a junior, he had uh, 16 sacks. So that, that tells you a lot about his, you know, his ability. Wow. Then we've got a, a running back out of Shreveport, Louisiana. And this is a kid that, that you know some guys were really getting after him late. 5'10", 195-pound. Running back, like we said, Travinsky Mosley. Yeah, Mosley was a big get for those guys. You know, when our running back situation was relatively set until um, Darius Mayberry had an unfortunate injury in the bowl prep season, or, you know, toward ACL. So we had to go looking for a running back late. And, um, you know, this guy's a little bit of a steal. He's 5'11", about two, right at 200 pounds, 195 pounds from the Shreveport area. And he's, a, he's all-purpose back. We needed a guy that could do everything. Um, he's a 10, 700 meters guy, so he has the speed. Uh, just watching his film, he's extremely athletic and, and just runs over people. Great stiff arm. I think his coach made the comment yesterday that, uh, he runs with hate in his heart. So that I'll tell you a little bit about his aggressive nature. But, um, 
he's a guy that could, you know, that could come in here and, and push early uh, for some playing time if things aren't settled coming out of the spring at the running back position. You know, over there uh, in Shreveport, he put up 3,500 all-purpose yards last year, 32 touchdowns, returned four kickoffs for touchdowns. So he's, a, he's an extremely versatile, talented back. And the coaching staff went back to the well with the next recruit, uh, another speedster. I don't know. You know, they always joke, what what do they have in the water or what do they serve at wards? I don't know all the jokes about Bassfield, <laughs> but from uh, Jefferson Davis County, 5'11", 180-pound, defensive back Malik Shorks. Yeah, Malik's a kid that, I mean, his, uh, his cousin is uh, actually uh, our outside linebacker, Booth, and his uncle is uh, – Famous Golden Eagle Eric Booth. So, ah. uh, he's got a good blood. He's got a good bloodline. He can he can run like Eric, man. But at six foot six foot one hundred eighty, he's only eighteen years old. He's a guy that's going to be able to fill out to probably one hundred ninety five two hundred pounds and play that uh, free safety or strong safety spot for Southern Miss. And they uh, they lost their entire secondary, you know, with this last uh, after this last season. So uh, finding safeties was huge for Southern. They found three in this class, and he's the one that has a chance to come in and help them out. Now, there were some players that may have signed, but the, the school might not have necessarily announced. Um, you know, I, I'm sure it's one of those situations where they want to make sure that they qualify because they're going to count against them if, as soon as they announce them. Uh, but what can you tell us about one of the biggest gets of the day, a big 6'5 defensive tackle, also out of Northeastern Oklahoma A&M, originally from Warner Robins, Georgia. What can you tell us about Isaiah Johnson? Well, Isaiah's a situation where he's where he's got a little he's got a little classwork to take care of, and um you know they have a plan and Northeast has a plan for him to get that taken care of, and uh you know it's it's up to him to to, to sit down and take care of his business. And um you know from what I'm hearing, I anticipate him to be here in uh, May or June, and then and it would be a big ad for that that defensive line. He's very talented. Also, another player that they didn't necessarily announce in the um, December class, I don't believe, but we had a quarterback commit, and he's already on campus, if I'm not mistaken. 6'1", 180-pound quarterback out of Lakeland Christian School in Lakeland, Florida, Tate Watley. Yeah, Tate's an impressive quarterback. I watched uh, I watched a ton of film, you know, throughout the course of the year. And, and every now and again, through, you know, the course of my day or whatever, watching film, I see a kid that makes me just want to – Stop and, and roll it back and continue to watch it. He's that exciting. Tate's a, a, a true dual threat guy out of Lakeland, Florida. Um, and he's six one, like you said, about 195. He's got the thing that I like about him. He has one of the quickest releases I've seen. He's uh, extremely accurate. He can, you know, throw on the run. He's, he's a legit four six guy. He can get out of the pocket and hurt you. He runs for over 400 yards this year. You know, just um, carrying the ball out of the backfield. He was a little beat up uh, this year, so uh, you know I went back and checked out his junior film just to make sure you know what he had done that year. And they're not a pass heavy team. Put up 1,800 yards passing and 21 touchdowns. But the big thing is out of all that work, he only threw one interception the whole season. Wow! So I was real impressed with that. And um, he's a guy that got hot toward the end when that new uh, that new regime came in at uh, UCF after Scott Frost left. They uh, they set a bullseye on. Tate Watley, and they weren't going to go after him hard. So I'm glad we got him in early and got him taken care of. And uh, he's a great kid, comes from a great family. And, you know, the future's right at the quarterback's uh, position at Southern Miss. We, uh, we have a lot of talent sitting there. 
Well, you mentioned quarterback, and let's go back to the December signing day because, you know, this signing day was a little different. It kind of felt like we kind of have shown our hand. It's just going to be different from here on out. But I want to get into some of these other players that are going to, that are on campus now, a lot of them. Uh, but back to December signing day, we had another quarterback that signed with us, uh, 6'1", 210 quarterback, originally from uh, Oxford, Mississippi, played at Northwest Community College. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year and a, a dandy dozen honoree as well. Jack Abraham, he's a guy that you fully expect to come in right away and compete for that starting quarterback position. Yeah, you know, back to your point about uh, getting the kids on campus, they signed 23 guys, and they have 12 of them on campus right now ready to rock and roll. So when they go into spring, they're going to have half their class ready to roll. I've never seen that in all the years I've been covering recruiting at Southern. But uh, back to Jack, a uh, uh, guy in high school, he just put up crazy numbers. He threw for over 12,000 yards in his career. And like you said, he was a dandy dozen guy, player of the year, USA Today player of the year. But um, ended up, uh, you know, he wanted to, he was wanting to sign with Southern, but um, Todd Munkin wasn't quite ready to pull the trigger on him, so he ends up at La Tech. Doesn't like it there very much. Ends up over at uh, Northwest Community College and uh, only plays one year and ends up completing 65% of his passes for 2,700 yards. He had something like 21 touchdowns. And uh, that ended up good enough for, you know, ranking him fourth nationally as a, uh, as a Juco quarterback. You know, so we're, we're fortunate to have him. He's a guy that's very heady. Um, throws a great ball, extremely uh, gets the ball out of his hand quick, makes quick decisions, real cerebral. And, uh, you know, he, the thing I liked about uh, Jack when I watched him, a lot of quarterbacks like to throw to a specific receiver. They'll eyeball the receiver and throw the ball to the receiver. Jack throws to windows and with anticipation, and that's that's kind of a rare skill for a young quarterback. And um, he, he'll be right in the heat of the battle when things go down uh, in the spring. The next player, you know, for for a while now, it seems like Southern Miss, the recruiting had been on a little bit of a drought in the New Orleans area, but we got a a great uh, defensive back out of Landry Walker in Curry Bend. What can you tell us about Curry Bend? For starters, I love the New Orleans kid. The guys that play in that city, that's one of the most uh, aggressive, competitive high school leagues in the country to me. Anytime you get a New Orleans kid on your campus, you sign him, those kids are ready to play. You're not going to do anything to them to intimidate them. Those guys are all tough. And uh, Curry's a, a six foot 175-pound corner. He's got good length, long arms. Um, he's a guy that, you know, with, with the loss of uh, all our cornerbacks last year, he's a guy that could come in and push for some playing time. He's certainly played against some of the top competition in the country. And um, he's a guy that had like 19 offers coming out of high school he's Came down to Southern Miss and fell in love with it. He got a little late push from Tulane, but, you know, shut it down and told him he wasn't going to use the visit. And he's, you know, locked into Southern Miss. We're fortunate to have him. He's very talented. We had a, a, an offensive lineman. I believe he's going to play on the interior out of Brookhaven, Mississippi. Played in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Dad was his coach, but I think he's going to be a great addition as well in uh, Trace Clopton. Yeah, Trace is going to. You know, like Coach Hobson said, he's a, he's a Southern Miss guy. Well, this guy is a Southern Miss guy. Blue-collar kid, carries a lunch pail, loves to work. He's got a nasty streak about him. I was talking to his dad, like he said, he's his coach, and uh, he said uh, Trace is all about the team, hard work, and he's a guy that, that finishes blocks. You know, he likes to pancake people and put them in the ground, let them know what's up. And uh, he's 
6'2", about 295 right now. We haven't recruited a true center for a long time. We just kind of had to move guys in there and, and let them learn. Well, this, Trace, is, Trace is a guy that's made to play center. And um, he'll probably get a red shirt here, but I could easily see him being a four-year starter center at Southern Miss and, you know, been leading that group. He's that kind of guy. He's a leader. He's intelligent. And, um, you know, Southern's fortunate to get him. He's a, a workaholic in the weight room. He's already squatting 600 pounds. So uh, he's a great addition, and like I said, he'll end up being a fan favorite. We had another. Uh, we had several guys that played in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, but this guy played for the Alabama team, a defensive end from Scottsboro High School in Scottsboro, Alabama, Ethan Edmondson. Yeah, Ethan was a great get for us. Uh, Coach Scotty Walden uh, did the work on him. Ethan's about 6'3", about 245 pounds. Uh, he's going to play that. Another, he's going to be another big physical defensive end, you know, kind of in the mold of a, a guy that's already here from Diaberville, Jock Turner. Um, Ethan's already here on campus lifting weights and, uh, you know, getting ready, getting ready to go in the spring. And through him being here in the spring, he's got a shot to help us out on the defensive end, you know, position next year. You know, when we come into the summer, he's probably going to be every bit of 255 pounds. And um, he's a guy that said, uh, at school, Scottsboro's all-time sack record. He's an all-state football player. And uh, when I watched him in the Mississippi All-Star game, he had four tackles in that game and two for loss. So that was impressive going against some of the best athletes in the Southeast. He's you know, another great gift for, for us Southern Miss. That D-line is going to be, uh, be uh, something to deal with over the next three or four years. Oh, absolutely. Over the past few years, Southern Miss has kind of had a little bit of a pipeline Coming from Last Chance U East Mississippi Community College, we got a couple of guys in this class. One of which played his high school ball at Wayne County High School. What can you tell us about Tyree Evans? Yeah, Tyree's one of my favorites, man. Tyree's all, Tyree's all business. He's serious about everything he does. When I talked to him during his uh, during the recruiting period, he was uh, just he's one of the most business like kids I ever dealt with, and he he's that way with his football. He's that way with his schoolwork. Uh, we signed him. He was about 6'2", 210. I uh, talked to somebody on campus the other day. said he's already up to uh, 220 pounds in just a short time he's been here. I said he's the first guy, you know, at the weight room door pacing back and forth to get in. He's ready to go to work. But uh, he came to our camp this summer, one of the elite camps, and I was there. And at 6'2", 210 pounds, he turned in a 4'5", turned in a 40-inch vertical leap, and he's just extremely explosive, and he's going to bring a ton of speed to that defense. He's a linebacker that's going to be able to run sideline to sideline. If you decide to gap him and, uh, and rush him, he, he can also be a, a serious threat in the second quarterback. Um, Coach Hobson, when he came here, said, uh, you know, when I come in, I want to upgrade speed. I want to upgrade overall athleticism. And uh, he's he's really done it with this class. And, and actually, the one before, they're both really strong classes. You know, Coach Hobson, when he came here, he, he you know talked a lot about recruiting high school kids. But... We have a little bit of a lull with the upcoming junior class, so they they went a little ju- more JUCO heavy than they probably will normally go. But they got some guys that I think can come in and contribute right away. This guy is a massive human being, six two, three hundred thirty one pounds, out of Southwest Mississippi Community College, Vondarius Freeman. Yeah, Vondarius is a big cat, and he's also a kid um, that's going to have three years left to play. He uh. First game of the year this season, he got he injured his knee, was done for the year, so he's going to get a medical red shirt. He's been rehabbing that, and they told me the other day he's already in the weight room doing squat. Uh, I think he'll miss the spring, but he'll be ready to go by the fall. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a massive space eater. 
um, extremely powerful. Uh, when Coach Munkin was here, we actually recruited him out of Villa La Plante over in Louisiana. So we knew about him. Uh, he knew about us. And um, he was he's a, he's a good gift for Southern Miss, and I really like the fact that we're going to have him for three years. You know, Jamie, you were talking about a little bit, little bit junior college heavy this season. I kind of went back and did some research on that. That was, a, you know, a big question. I was getting on the board a lot, you know, because Jason, when he came here initially, he wanted to get away from signing a lot of JUCO kids. But when I went through some of the uh, the rosters and I w- went back and looked at, uh, I guess, yes, yeah, Todd Munkin's uh, 2015 class. Todd signed 11 JUCOs in that class. And then he had a bunch of guys that maybe weren't necessarily legit D1 talent. And then some guys that got injured, you know, I call it attrition. But uh, he signed 27 kids in that class, and there's only seven out of that class that are still on our campus. Wow. And these are our rising juniors that are coming up this year. So Jay had no choice but to go out and find a way to fill that junior class, you know. So, he, you know, he went out and, you know, got nine JUCOs in this class to help fill out, you know, a, a junior class that actually is, you know, non-existent with only seven guys left in it. Well, that, yeah, certainly makes sense. I didn't realize the numbers had yeah, I didn't realize when they had seven guys left out of that class, but I mean, you think about it. I mean, we had several, several guys that year, if I'm not mistaken, that were graduate transfers that came in and played one year. And, you know, and I don't blame him. I mean, we were just trying to build the program back up and it, it obviously paid off, but, uh, yeah, certainly have a little bit of a lull. And, but, but, you know, these guys seem like solid Juco guys that can come in right away and play. Oh, no doubt. I mean, when you, when you go sign those guys, you're signing to fill an immediate need. And um, he's done a great job of identifying the talent, and um, you know, and also closing the deal, man. He uh, that was another thing I was talking to somebody about the other day. Coach Hobson is uh, in these last two classes. I've probably been covering the uh, recruiting classes since the uh, Jeff Bauer era. You know, when Jamie, when you have recruiting classes. You always have the flips. You lose guys. It's it's tough to deal with down the stretch. You lose a guy, gain a guy. It's you know the drama of the recruiting season and. Over the last two classes, Coach Hobson and his staff have only lost, but I can count one guy that flipped on him, and that was a kid, a tight end this year that went to UCF. That's that's pretty amazing, man. <laughs> that is pretty solid. That is pretty solid. Well, another guy, uh, we got a lot of guys on defense, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how they they're going to play out. But we got another guy. Uh, I believe he's going to play a safe play safety, uh, defensive back out of Carver High School in Atlanta, Georgia. What do you know about Nick Harper? When I turned on Nick's film, you know, first of all, when I look at him, he's a uh, a long a long guy, six feet tall. I like that. And you know, when you're playing on that back half, got long arms. But the thing that was most exciting about him is everything he got his hands on went to the ground. He's a he's a serious sure tackler. Um, our free safety position that's so important to make those tackles because you know you're the last line of defense. If they get past you, you know what? You know, two years ago we had all those long runs that got broken on us. You know just didn't get guys to the ground, but this kid is, uh, he likes to come up and strike you. And, um, thing I'm excited about, like I said, is just everything he hits, he puts on the ground. One of the things I've noticed about coach hops classes is, you know, there's been an emphasis on speed and I don't know that there are too many faster than the wide receiver. We got out of Heinz community college to Michael Harris. Yeah. To Michael can pick him up and put him down. He's a, uh, he turned in a, 10, 400 meters time uh, last track season. And um, a lot of the JUCO coaches I've talked to call him, you know, label him the fastest JUCO player in the state of Mississippi. Um, he made a uh, first team all state uh, JUCO as a return man. 
to be able to come in here and play you know play the slot for us, add some speed there, and also add us a component on the, in the return game. So uh, I'm excited about that kid. And he's he's here on campus and ready to rock and roll. I've already said Dandy does it on here a couple of times, and and this is going to be another one. We got a Dandy Dozen guy out of Brookhaven High School played with Trace Clopton. What can you tell us about JJ Johnson? Uh, JJ's an exciting kid. Uh, he's a legit six one, about 175 pounds. He'll need to fill out a little bit. But when you look at JJ, he's got some, he's got those long arms, and he can flip his hips and run. Man, he's got an elite ability to do that. And it's hard to find six one guys that can flip and run like he does. I got to watch him a lot in Mississippi, Alabama All Star practices, and he pretty much shut down everybody Alabama had to offer. And um, he, when we got into the game, that pretty much was the case there. They Looked his way two or three times and uh, to no avail and just eventually quit throwing to him over there. So he's, he's an elite talent. He had offers from uh, Mississippi State, uh, Ole Miss, Florida State, Tennessee. And um, man, we're, we're fortunate to get a talent like that here. Next guy, an offensive lineman. They say he's got a 6'9 wingspan. He's 6'2", 275 pounds. What can you tell us about Cameron King? Well, Cameron... Uh, Cameron is another guy who likes to uh, work over defensive linemen and also has a work ethic. Cameron, uh, uh, I got the word the other day, Cameron's been hitting the weight room. He's already up to 300 pounds. And, wow. yeah, he does have an enormous wingspan. It gives him the, the ability to get his hands on defenders and not let them get into his body. But the big thing when you turn on the film with him is he's an aggressive, nasty football player that can really run his feet. And when I say that, once he locks onto you and starts running those feet, those guys end up planted, you know, and you you can tell he just uh, he savors he savors the pancakes, man. Uh, we're fortunate to have him. He'll probably end up playing inside for us. Um, really smart, cerebral kid, and uh, he can play guard position or you know he can he can be a center as well. You know, we talk about guys from Bassfield, but we also tend to to draw some guys from my alma mater, Oak Grove High School. We got a guy coming in that's going to play linebacker for us in Hayes Maples. Yeah, Hayes, Hayes is another throwback blue-collar type guy. Um, you look at Hayes, uh, I guess the first time I really really saw Hayes, he was here at the elite camp, and he, he showed up about 6'2 and a half and 225 pounds and pretty muscled up. And I was curious to see if he, you know, he looked the part, but I wanted to see if he could move. The guy turned in a 4'5", 5'40", at 225 pounds, you know, and as I went back and watched up growth play this year, you know, you can see him. He, they let him play uh, out of the Wildcat as the quarterback. He played tailback, fullback, off the back the ball, out of the backfield. He's just he's an exceptional athlete. He's probably going to, once he hits the weight room here, he's probably going to be about a 235, 40-pound uh, middle linebacker for us. But he's athletic enough to play outside if they need him to do so. So, you know, that's another, you know, Jay talks about, Getting upgrading the speed and athleticism, like you know, that's a that's a prime example. That guy's an athlete. You know, Corey Robertson declared for the NFL draft. You got to have some guys that can go out and catch the ball. And one of the biggest surprises from signing day back in December was a guy who played quarterback at West Jones High School, went off to Minnesota, came back, played receiver for Southwest Mississippi Community College, and he really looks on 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 film. He looks like a guy that can step right in and play. Neil McLaurin. Yeah, Neil's, we're fortunate to get Neil. Neil's coming here to give us some size and speed on the outside. Um, with the loss of, uh, Corey, that'll be, that'll be huge for us this year. And, uh, he's only played wide receiver for one year, so the ceiling for him is really high. He's, uh, 6'2", about 205. 
and he he runs in the you know legit four four forty range. And when I turned on the film and watched this guy, I didn't see anybody catching from behind. And um and I like the way he uses his big body. Like Corey uses his body, kind of like a basketball player to wall off players. When he's bodied up against five nine, five ten, five five eleven corners, it's just he creates a huge 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 advantage uh, with his uh, strong body and his ability to go up and take the you know take the football away. So he'll be a huge get for us. He can uh, catch a ball and turn it into a you know, touchdown. He can beat you deep. So, you know, he's a multifaceted athlete. Last player from December from the metropolis of Charleston, Mississippi, the defensive <laughs> back, 5'11". Another last chance you kid from East Mississippi Community College, Ty Williams. Yeah, Ty's, Ty's an exceptional athlete. We wanted him back when he was at uh, Charleston, but uh, he ended up over at uh, – EMCC and five uh, eleven, probably about one hundred eighty five pounds. They expect him to come in and compete for the, one of the starting corner spots. And you know, like we discussed earlier, he's here on campus. He'll go through spring. Um, he's a lockdown corner. He's physical. Come up and defend the run in the box. Um, get off blocks and take care of uh, receivers in the uh, in the uh, screen game. Uh, checked him out in the uh, you know they played the national uh, championship game against Arizona Western. He actually got a uh, pick six in that game and put them up early. So he's an, uh, an impressive kid and a great get for us. Now it's really hard to say. You really don't. You, it's hard to judge a signing day class until a couple of years in. Once you see how they contribute, you know what they bring to the program. But you know, from what you've seen, where does this class stack stack up against classes we've had in the past? This class reminds me of some of the the. Some of the classes in uh, the Bauer era, um, you know, when Hop came here, you know, we talked about he wanted to upgrade speed and athleticism, but he said, you know, you know, overall, mo- and mostly, I'm a Mississippi guy. I'm going to sign Mississippi kids, and he uh, he's he's proven that to be true. He sent 11 of these kids out of this 23 uh, uh, player class, you know, are Mississippi kids. And uh, back in the day, Coach uh, Coach Bauer used to pull some dandy dozen guys. Well, in this class. You know, Jay Tree was where were the Mississippi kids? He pulled two Dandy Dozen players, and we hadn't done that since 2007 with uh, DeAndre Brown and uh, Desmond Johnson. So that just speaks to the, you know, the, you know, the success Jay's having here in Mississippi, and um, you know, the athleticism of this class. You can you can see where the emphasis is, you know, up front, but you really had a lot of guys on defense that kind of fit that old-school, nasty-bunch mold. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, Jay's not Jay's going to go get a guy he thinks that's going to fit in here and be, a, you know, a Southern Mississippi guy. I know we hear that a lot, but, you know, that, there's some credence to that. And um, there's going to be hard-nosed and represent, you know, what the nasty bunch is. And uh, not only are these uh, tough guys, they're, they're big athletic guys. Um, there have been years in the past where we sign kids and, and I, you know, I looked at him. I thought, well, it's going to take two years for this kid to to be big enough and physical enough to actually compete at this level. There's that's not the case with any of these guys. They're all big and physical and strong right now. They can play right now, and that just, you know, again speaks to you know the success of of the athletes in uh, in the Davis class. You know, looking forward. It really seems like this is going to be. It, this has the potential to be one of the most exciting spring games that we've had in quite some time, simply because the quarterback competition is going to be so heated. Yeah, that's going to get interesting. Uh, you know, I guess you know, I'm figure Quadro going as a starter as it should be. 
Then you'll have Keon behind him. And then we'll have, uh, you know, Marcelo Rodriguez really showed out last year. I'm, I'm glad we could redshirt him, but he has some, uh, some legitimate arm talent. And, uh, and then got Jack, Jack Abraham. You know, those guys are going to go at it. It's going to be really exciting. That'll be one of the, you know, we'll be out there covering all the, uh, the practices and the scrimmages and doing reports on them. And I personally can't wait to get out there and watch that competition. We're going to have something on it every, you know, report something on it every day. You mentioned the reports, and, and for the fans out there that may not be familiar, you're with uh, the 24-7 Network. Tell us a little bit about GoldenEaglePride.com. Um, I've been with them, uh, I guess, about a year and a year and a half. My partner, Drew White, and I are both Southern Miss grads. But, you know, we love Southern Miss, and uh, we got together and uh, started working on that. We When we started working on the site, we tried to, you know, decide to, do things that, you know, offer things to our subscribers or our readers that, you know, where they couldn't get, couldn't get it anywhere else. And that's part of it being able to, we go out and cover, uh, the practices, the scrimmages. We break them down and do, uh, give reports on them daily. I uh, did the, doing the same thing with baseball now. We covered all the, uh, baseball scrimmages and broken those down for our readers. Um, and, you know, we're, we're starting to get, uh, get a nice, good reputation of building the site. And this last year we've doubled our uh, subscribers numbers and uh and this year we're excited about it we're moving forward and we plan to double it again this year you mentioned baseball i know you've been spending a lot of time out there checking out the diamond first up let's talk a little bit about the pitching staff you know we lost a lot of guys that were putting up some big numbers um two of which moved on in the the, the major league baseball draft but how do you kind of see this pitching situation playing out for the golden eagles yeah, that's that's the biggest question, Jamie. Is um, you know, the pitch. I guess the best way I could put it at this point is it's, it's extremely fluid. Um, they're um, they're working Stevie Powers, trying to convert him from a middle relief guy to a uh, to a starter to give him a left-handed pitcher to kind of break up the righties on the weekend. Uh, Jane, uh, Stevie's added a, a pitch to his repertoire. He's throwing four pitches now. He's been he's been he's been real solid. I have uh, I have high hopes for him. Um, the other day, you know, when we get off to get state, we're going to probably Friday night, we're going to, uh, face, uh, Boss Pilkington. He's projected, he's a big left, projected as a first round draft pick. So, um, I would not be surprised at all to see, uh, you know, for us to throw Nick Sandlin out there early and let him get a start while we're still trying to develop the starting pitching staff. We have a lot more arms to work with this year, but they're, you know, they're relatively unknowns. And we have a new uh, pitching coach as well, and Christian Ostrander, and he's doing a, a fantastic job of just trying to take all these new pitchers and figure out, you know, get your starter, get your middle relief, and uh, you know, lock down guys who give you give you some uh, some some solid closers. Well, with the uncertainty on the pitching staff, we certainly have a lot of certainty uh, with the bats. What, what's been your observation uh, as far as hitting goes with the Southern Miss team? A lot like last year, my man. Uh, a lot of left-handed bats that can swing it. Um, you know, they have to find them a new uh, a new leadoff guy this year with uh, with our guy, big guy leaving and going to the pros. Uh, so far, they've been working uh, Mason Irby and uh, Jalen Keys. Jalen's uh, battling for the center field position. They've been working them at the uh, leadoff spot, and um, I kind of expect to see uh, Irby, you know, be the leadoff guy early on in the season. He just handles the bat so well, has such great discipline, can work counts, work out of the bottom accounts, and still be successful. 
has the ability to spray it all over the yard. You know, just, you know, smart, you know, baseball player. Who are some of the newcomers that you see making an impact? Well, uh, Jalen, like I mentioned earlier, Jalen Key was uh, battling uh, in center field with another newcomer, Freddie Franklin. And uh, it's a really nice battle out there. Both those guys can run. Um, both speed guys. Jalen's got a little more pop in his bat. But uh, Freddie uh, Franklin from Jones County is probably the fastest baseball player I've seen in the USM uniform. The kid, uh, if you mess up in walking, he'll turn it into a double real quick with a stolen base. Um, he led, uh, I think he was second in the country in uh, JC last year with 43 stolen bases, so he can fly. And uh, in terms of the speed, that also uh, translates to him being an outstanding defensive player in center field. He can really cover some ground. Um, those guys have a nice battle going. Those are two new guys. Uh, Freddie's teammate, Eric Ward, uh, Wait till you see him. He's 5'11", almost 250 pounds. He's a big right-handed hitter. He's playing um, he's playing first base behind Hunter Slater right now. But um, his role right now, he's pushing for the DH role to give us a power right-handed hitter. And um, he had a little transition issue in the fall, you know, getting used to D1 pitching. But the last two scrimmages, you can see uh, you see Eric coming on. Uh, he hit some, uh, I guess the last scrimmage I covered, he had two, two stand-up doubles, one down the third base line. And then the big guy went opposite field and painted the other line. So he's got some impressive skills and brings big power from the right side for Southern. The Golden Eagles uh, kick off the season with a home stand against Mississippi Starkville next weekend. And, and we've got a player on our squad that actually transferred from the Bulldogs. How's how's Luke Reynolds fitting in? Uh, I've been excited about Luke for almost two years now. I had to sit and watch him last year. You know, because he had to sit out, he'd sit out an extra year. You know, thank you NCAA. <laughs> but uh, Luke's six one, two hundred fifteen pounds, and um, you know, I spoke earlier of you know, Irby's ability to handle the bat and spray it around all field. He's just a bigger version of Irby, you know, with power. The guy can hit, you know, hit with power to all fields. Um, he'll probably be a guy that'll hit, um, you know, double digit home runs for us, ten, eleven, twelve home runs, and uh, he gives us a really really nice defensive player over at third you know he's, he's got good uh, ability to move laterally a nice arm he's going to be a, a solid uh, third baseman for us and i can see him hitting anywhere in the, you know the two three uh two three hole four hole for us i know there's a lot of uncertainty right now but how do you see the season kind of playing out well if i looked at the schedule and looked over it and it's it's pretty difficult schedule and they play the first third of their ga- uh, games of the season pretty much away from the peak and, um, you know, that, that could be tough with, a, you know, trying to break in a brand new, uh, pitching staff. There, there's a lot of moving parts with that pitching staff that they're going to have to work out over the first, you know, four to six weeks of the season and, and figure out where everybody's going to go. So, uh, I expect him to compete for a conference championship. And, you know, when we get the conference, our, our pitching situations to be, uh, you know, really solidified. And, you know, a guy we hadn't talked about that could really be a big help is, uh, Big Walker Powell coming back from Tommy John surgery couldn't play last year after having a tremendous uh, true freshman season. He's looked he's looked good, but you got you know like I said he you got to bring him along slow, so you're not sure quite where he's going to fit in your starting uh, pitching rotation yet. But he's a guy that's you know made to be a starting pitcher, so I'm hoping by the time we get the conference, he'll have settled into one of you know a nap one of those weekend starting spots. He could be a, a tremendous boost for us. But uh, I expect us to win the conference. Um, I expect us back in the uh, in the NCAA's. Oh, that's terrific! 
Well, Glenn, man, it's been a while since we've had you on. It's good to have you back. I really could probably listen to you talk for hours. Uh, just very knowledgeable and I really enjoy your, your coverage of Southern Miss athletics. Do you have any, any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? Just, uh, get ready for a great baseball season. Um, just be a little patient up front with that pitching staff as Coach Ostrander develops them. Lots of young arms and unknowns, but a guy that's a pitching coach, he'll get that done. And, um, Hey, get ready for exciting uh, spring. Spring football starts on March 20th. Our spring game is April 21st. Uh, that's going to be a home series with, in baseball with Middle Tennessee coming in. So I want to get excited about that and come out and pack the peat. You guys go follow Glenn on Twitter at Dyer, D-Y-A-R, 2467. Be sure you check him out. Now, as you guys can tell, I'm flying solo right now. It's because Jason Bailey has a work conference in Las Vegas. He sent me a some. He sent me he sent me a voice note catching up on basketball. So let's check in with Jason all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. Jason Bailey here live from Las Vegas. I'm uh, out here in Vegas doing a um, for a work conference all week long. Special thanks to Jamie Arrington for letting me know to go place a bet on the Wizards last night. <laughs> that worked out fantastic. Um, so I'm one for one on my, uh, on my betting as far as betting on games goes. So I think I'm probably just going to leave it right there. But, um, yeah, out here in Vegas, Vegas is good for two things, you guys. Vegas is good for number one, gambling. Okay. I know we got a lot of that on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and in the region, but Vegas is good for gambling and Vegas is also good for nosebleeds. (laughs) This arid climate. Good gosh. It's got me. But anyway, been been in meetings all uh, all day long. Started at seven o'clock in the morning, and it is um, after five, maybe around five forty-five right now. Got to be back downstairs uh, for another thing that starts at six thirty. But Jamie wanted me to, if I had time, to run through some basketball stuff. So I made a few notes. Uh, I'm gonna run through, give you guys the basketball minute as best I can. Um, so here we go. Uh, this week, um, this, this week starts, uh, st- starts the last, I guess, third of the season, you could say. Five of our last seven, ho- uh, seven games are at Reed Green Coliseum. Hope everybody comes out and joins me. I'll actually be back Thursday. I think I'll be rolling into town around seven o'clock. The game's at seven o'clock. So not sure if the wife's going to let me swing that one. Um, not sure when this podcast is going to air, but if you hear it, before the game, hit me up. I might have two tickets for you. Um, this week, February the 8th, got Old Dominion coming to RGC. And February 10th, Charlotte uh, coming in at 4.30. The Old Dominion game is at uh, 7. Charlotte's at 4.30. Then uh, February 15th, Middle Tennessee. Get them at, the, at, uh, at, at Reed Green Coliseum. They're always tough, as is UAB. Got them on February the 17th. And then we'll end up, uh, the last home game is against La Tech. Didn't look great against La Tech last time. I had a, you know, had a, had a nice second half. Came back and made it respectable. We get them at RGC on, uh, March the 3rd. So last week, what happened? Last week had a two week roadie, went down to Florida and nearly came away with, uh, with a sweep, which was, which was, um, you know, we've had our road woes this year. This has been well documented, but, Going down to Florida, he thought hopefully we could come away with two wins, but you know, at least we got 
one win. And actually, the first game, you know, 76-70 to 70 loss to FIU uh, wasn't the end of the world. Stayed close. Um, nearly pulled it out right there at the end. And then, of course, that second game, we beat uh, FAU 77-66. to 66. So, break down those two games real quick. FIU game, um, really... You know, from looking at the stats, USM was uh, was 10 of 27 from three-point range. We shoot a lot of threes, guys. When they go in, we look great. When they don't, uh, you know, we usually get beat. But 10 of 27, not the end of the world. We had 18 assists to only 11 turnovers. Southern Miss has kind of been hanging their hat on that ratio the entire season, so it looks like that continues. The difference in the game, uh, fouls. USM with 22 fouls, FIU 11, which led directly to free throws made, right? Every time, you know, if you get to the foul line, you got a chance to get those quote-unquote free throws. USM went 4 of 11 from the free throw line, FIU 21 of 35. You heard that correct. USM made four free throws, FIU 21. So we lost by six, and if my math's right, that's 17 fewer points on free throws. So something we're probably going to have to clean up just a little bit. Bright spots from the game, Dominic McGee, 33 minutes, 11 points, 9 rebounds. Cortez Edwards, 39 minutes, 17 points, 6 rebounds. Griffin, uh, 38 minutes, 17 points, 11 assists. And uh, surprisingly, you know, our sharpshooter, Kevin Holland, uh, only 1 for 4 from 3-point range. He also played 35 minutes. Those four guys right there hardly ever came out of the game. Uh, bright spot, though. Ladavius Drain, the freshman. This guy, he's just feeling his way uh, into the lineup and feeling his way into Division One basketball all year long. It's kind of nice to be able to watch him in person just grow up right in front of our face. Drain was three of six from three-point range, not afraid to jack it up from anywhere. Eleven total points and uh, five points in just 18 minutes of action. So, Drain, um, you know, continues this coming out party. But well, we lost that game. The next game, the game that we won against FAU, um, we won that game 77-66, to 66, only our second road win of the season. Um, let's see what else. The record right now for Southern Miss is 12-12, and 5-6 and six in Conference USA. We've talked about it 100 times on the show, but what do we expect coming into this year? We wanted to improve and come in kind of middle of the row in Conference USA, and here we are, and we have a lot of home games remaining. In that FAU game, what are the, what are the bright points? Uh, Griffin with 21 points. Dominic McGee, 16.7 rebounds. Cortez Edwards, 15 points. Those guys, those guys are kind of the big three. And also, of note, our only senior on the team, the guy with the most heart, maybe the heartbeat of the team, D'Angelo Richardson with 10 points added. So, you know, those are the two games that we had last week. Uh, looking forward to the two games this week. Also looking forward to, I think this week is the uh, Mardi Gras parade in Hattiesburg. So looking forward to that. And I guess right after that, we'll be able to go to, over to uh, Reed Green and watch the uh, Golden Eagles play. So let's take a look at the standings real quick. Conference USA standings at the moment. Uh, Old Dominion and um, Western Kentucky both leading the way at 8-2. and two. Uh, and by the way, against Old Dominion on February, the, on, uh, on Saturday. No, February the 8th. Whatever day that is. My days are all messed up. But anyway, uh, Old Dominion, WKU, uh, Western Kentucky, both at 8 and 2. Marshall and North Texas, both sitting at 6 and 4. UAB and UTSA, both at 6 and 5. 
Then uh, La Tech and USM, both at five and six, are right along with FAU at five and six. And then bringing up the bottom, FIU at four and seven, Rice two and eight, UTEP two and nine, Charlotte one and nine. And of course, Charlotte is coming to Reed Green on the 10th. So that is your basketball minute. I now have to get off the phone because I have to FaceTime my wife and child, make sure they know that I'm still alive. Go blow my nose a couple more times to get rid of this, uh, you know, arid climate nosebleed thing I got going on here. And then we have some team building bowling later on. What? That's right. Bowling in Vegas. Followed by a trip to the strip. You guys be good. Jason Bailey signing off from Vegas to the top. That was Jason Bailey checking in from Las Vegas. Had to throw him a few tips here and there since he was near a sports book. And I guess he capitalized, so that's good. So Jason will be back on like normal next week unless something just ridiculous happens. If I Maybe I'll go to Vegas. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Well, special thanks to our guest today, Glenn Dyer. You can follow him on Twitter at Dyer. That's D-Y-A-R 2467. And also you can follow his site, Golden Eagle Pride, at G-L-D-N Eagle Pride. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Facebook as well, To The Top Talk, Jamie Arrington Comedy. Come back to us next week's show. Going to be an amazing episode. Making his third appearance on the show, Ito Smith. Had a great talk with Ito. You guys are going to love it. So again, look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating or review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.